suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Morahan, and my brother Jay asked to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and we hope enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. Today's episode, our 120th podcast, is entitled, The Russians Are So Dark. You know, there's been so much discussion recently of Putin and how Putin is a unique character in history, when in fact, I believe he is nothing more than just another in a long line of people, leaders, figures of note, noteworthy writers in Russian history that are just so dark, death, suffering. It's just part of their existence. We have devoted in previous episodes time to discussion of artists who seem to suffer from terribilita, you know, the torture of the talented. And I, and again, with Russia being in the news, with Putin being this mad bomber and threatening nuclear annihilation, Let's move to the arts, where, as it turns out, the Russians are very dark. We have Golga, Turgenev. What about Tolstoy? You know, he's considered one of the greatest writers of all time. He never won a Nobel Prize in literature, which many still find to be a terrible oversight. But yet, Tolstoy had a very crazy existence, whether he won a Nobel Prize or not. As a youngster, his mother died at two. I believe his father died when he was nine. He had gambling problems. He was traumatized by his participation, as I think we all would be, in the Crimean War. But then he just did weird things. It's just so Russian. For example, on the night... Before his marriage, he presented his wife with extensive diaries of all his extensive sexual liaisons in the, in the past. And the fact that one of the serfs on his estate had actually borne him a son. And he does this on the night before his wedding. Hmm. Supposedly, his married life was filled with sexual passion, at least at first, and of course marked by that emotional insensitivity. And his wife, Sonia, would act as his secretary, his editor, and his financial manager. And she was copying and handwriting his epic works time after time. And Tulsa would continue to edit War and Peace and had to have clean final drafts delivered to his publisher and his wife kept going, kept working on his behalf. And, and 
he has been described as having one of, one of the unhappiest lives in literary history. His relationship with his wife deteriorated as Tolstoy's beliefs became increasingly radical and he became increasingly unhappy. And this saw, this saw him to justify his rejection of his inherited and earned wealth, and including the renunciation of all his copyrights, rejection of all his economic means left his family in dire straits. Tolstoy believed that the aristocracy was a burden on the poor. He became a follower of Schopenhauer. He opposed private land ownership and the institution of marriage. And at some point in his life, he said he valued chastity and sexual abstinence over relations with his wife. The depth of poverty of Sonia was not simply economic, but it was spiritual as well. Like Dostoevsky, life became very dark for Tolstoy indeed. One must believe that some sort of depression, manic depression, bipolarity existed within the life of Tolstoy. Tolstoy had rejected almost everything we might find of value, renouncing income, renouncing his wealth, renouncing his status, uh, no longer interested in sexual or emotional relationships with his wife, almost a Buddhist approach to things, and a depressing negative viewpoint that maybe only Schopenhauer might have understood. And Tolstoy synthesized it all down to a, a story that he wrote once, a short story entitled, How Much Land Does a Man Need? And in this story, a very rich, a wealthy peasant named Pahom learns that in the land of the Bashkirs, a man can get all the land he would ever need for only a thousand rubles. And all he must do to gain this land is to walk or run the perimeter of the land he is interested in and will claim within 24 hours. And Pahom looks down upon the peoples of Bashkirs with contempt, thinking them backward and stupid. And so he, he pays his rubles and he now sets out to claim his new land by walking, sprinting, jogging the perimeter. And Pahom wants mountaintop views. He, he wants views of rivers he wants wheat fields, grazing lands. He desires property with stunning vistas on, on which he will build a magnificent home and from which he can sit back and enjoy all the land that is about to become his. And, and with these thoughts in mind, he pushes himself harder and harder, and he runs farther and farther from the starting point. 
He must have this land. He must own all this property. He must have this startlingly beautiful view. And, and Pahom grows increasingly tired as the day moves on and he begins to realize perhaps that he has been a bit greedy, that he has taken too much land. He has bitten off more than he can chew, if you would. He is on the clock. He is now against the clock. He must, you know, hurry back to that starting point or all that he will have taken for his will now be lost. So he, he begins to work harder. He increases his pace. His suffering is now getting worse and worse. And he is, he is now approaching thorough exhaustion. He has a hard time even moving forward, yet he recognizes that he cannot, he must not stop. If he stops, he will lose everything. He hasn't the time to rest. He has pushed himself beyond the point that he is able to carry on. He is now insanely thirsty. He feels way past the point of being quite ill, yet he must continue on. And so he, he thrusts himself onward back toward that starting point, which will become his finish line. He must get there to maintain all that he has desired. He's now running out of time. He understands this. He needs to make one final exertion. And if he can pull this off, all the land that he staked out, that he has staked out, will be his and his forever. Now sapped of his strength, he manages to stagger back to the starting line. It will all be his. All this land, all these views, the mountaintop, the fields, the property, all going to be his. He will own it. And he gets there just as time expires. He has made it, but his time is up. Pahom falls to the ground on the exact spot where he started his quest. Unfortunately, not only is time up, but pay home, his time is expired too, and he is dead. Now it's obvious to all, how much land does a man truly need? And as it turns out, the answer is, it's not miles and miles and miles and all the territory one might circle within a 24-hour period. No. What pay home requires is simply six feet. The distance from his head to his toe. This land is your land. This land is my land. But pay home, he has no land. He has died in the quest to obtain more. Nothing more symbolizes the works of Leo Tolstoy than to suggest the futility of man in his quest.
For Tolstoy, there's nothing more than that two foot by six foot grave. And you think I'm exaggerating when I say that the Russian view of life is dark? No wonder Putin is willing to kill people. Life is worth nothing. Land is worth nothing. Destruction means nothing. All there are are more graves. Boy, this is depressing. Glad I'm not a Russian. Bye-bye. <laughs>